I'm Kate Northrup. And I'm Mike Watts. And we're partners in life, love, and business. Welcome to the Kate and Mike Show, where we share insights and interviews on entrepreneurship, relationships, parenting, self-actualization, and making a life, not just a living. Welcome to the Kate and Mike Show. You are here with the fabulous Mike, and my special co-host is... Kate. <laughs> great. Thank you for yes. joining me, Kate. It's so great to have Why you Why are you talking so weird? I don't know. We just, we refinanced our mortgage this morning and the guy who answers the phone has this really deep like radio funny. voice and he was like, hello, thank you for, or whatever, you know, it was not, didn't sound like that. But it, when he first answered the phone, it's like, dude, the radio voice is amazing, you know? And then he was just like, can I help you? You know, it was like completely like I was joking around with him the first time I ever answered. He's like, yeah, okay. Um, wh- why are you calling? You know, I was like, this is amazing. So anyway. Some people are just really not here for it when it comes to messing around. Mike is always here for it when it comes to messing with people. But it is funny to watch him like he'll try to like high five people working at the airport or like he just and some people are really excited about that and some people just give you nothing and yeah, it's kind of hilarious nothing. you can tell immediately like oh wow that person does not have a sense of humor yeah i mean but you know or people, maybe it's, it throws just, them off they just they don't, just know don't how want to deal with humans it, and that's fine yeah anyway. i was at the bank yesterday and uh we had to get a check for the refinance at the closing and then also we got a new car we can explain about that at a later time and it's really cool how we got the car. But anyway, definitely that's a whole nother episode. And I was with the bank and the lady was like, thank you so much for being patient. Cause I did two things that you had to wire money, which takes time. And then you have to get a cashier's check. That also takes a little bit of time. She's like, for being so patient. I was like, well, what else am I going to do? Just yell at you to hurry up and go faster. <laughs> and she, they all the bank, all the women, cause there's four women that are working at the bank and they all look at me like, well, yeah, you could. I'm sad. I'm you guys dealing with humans on a daily basis in the environment that like they deal in a bank or anywhere like a in a restaurant etc like it is a stressful job yeah just from an emotional standpoint you know from that from like dealing with people wild out there folks it is wild uh which is actually the perfect segue into today's episode which we're going to get to in a minute but first we have some reviews reviews. listener shout outs dude thank you so much the reviews have been coming in lately pouring in just pour like when I say pouring pour, like one a week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pouring. I mean, more than was before. But so, definitely if you're a regular listener and you haven't yet left a review, please leave a review. It makes our day. It's helpful feedback because we're always looking to improve. And um, we'd love to shout you out on the podcast. So go over to iTunes, leave a review. We'd love to hear from you. Great. We have this is Life Stir. Lifester, um, one of the best shows. Thank you very much. It's Dear Kate and Mike. I'm a fellow Mainer. She's Ooh, 49 yes. or for this person. I'm not assuming it's a woman, but I'm 40 fellow Mainer, 49 years old. Now that finds you guys so real, honest and informative. I listen while quilting or cleaning. I love a good quilter, you know. We were at the mall, walking around the mall and there was a person just doing That was something. crochet. That was crochet. But they were crocheting. I mean, it was something. I was something with needles. But in the maker's world. Yes, in the maker's world. And just there all day long. I was like, that's amazing. I find I get more done that way. Mike, I went to high school in West Lafayette, Indiana, which is fabulous. That's where Purdue University is, for those of you that are not familiar. And I found your stories about Purdue so true, bringing that 
time back to life. Kate, I spent my midlife with your mom's books on my bedside table. So the idea of the power of women's energy is a core truth for me. I am listening to a lot of your shows in my new semi-retirement. Just listen to your newest one about the Oprah moment. Life is just a series of those moments, isn't it? Mm -hmm. It's true. Thank you for all the time and energy you put into your podcast. Keep on going. And that line from by the line was from Bye Bye Birdie. Wasn't oh, yes. It? He, oh, my gosh. I can't even sing it right now. I'm like, my. I just had a big brain fart. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, thanks, Lifester. <laughs> <laughs> you finish with a spit from Kate through it's her tongue. a good yeah, time good. for some fart noises <laughs> um, <laughs> everybody just take a pause right now we'll give you five seconds of silence and just make a good old fart noise ready go <laughs> and how fun was that how fun was your fart noises oh, so good okay okay let's do another one uh, since they've been pouring in we got to catch up here the 20 mkb20 there's actually a youtuber named mkb something maybe they listen to the kate and mike show maybe they do that would be amazing so i love the range of topics i'm a new listener and i've been enjoying the episodes the past two months giving back and catching up on the older ones now too i love the range of topics covered in the dynamic with kate and mike even the awkward moments because it just shows they're a real married couple and <laughs> I can relate. <laughs> and I can relate. It's true. It was funny. Abby, who works with us, is our neighbor. She lives down the street from us and she was over here today and Kate and I were doing some, I don't know what we were talking about. We were just having one of those coupled married moment things. You were like hawking up a loogie. And oh I, yeah, I had like this weird thing in my throat like, that felt like. I was like, just so you know, whatever you're doing over there is really gross. And Abby <laughs> was just like, I am so grateful that I not only get to work with you guys, but that I also live down the street so that I can be here in real life for this moment. It was, it was, yeah, it's one of those things where you like feel like a chip is stuck in your throat, but I wasn't eating anything. It was very strange. Yeah, I didn't know how to get rid Must of it. It's been so an air bubble. I just drank a bunch of water. Okay, so drinking a bunch of water to will heal so many things. There's a great be. book if you are wanting to know more about this called Your Body's Many Cries for Water. So, and there's another one called, I think it's called The Hydration Cure or something. Mm -hmm. um, anyway, if you are, in, when in doubt, drink more water. When in doubt. Okay. And if you go to the desert, hydrate before. The <laughs> outdoor tips from Mike. Here we go. So 20MKB20 and also Lifester. Uh, hit me up on Instagram at Mike J. Watts and we'll drop something special in the mail for you. Wait, did you read 20MKB20? I just did. That was the awkward moments. Oh, right. Okay. I got so thrown off by the awkward moments. That Yes. Okay. Yes. You were Thank in water you to land both of you. There. Woo. Okay. We have so, good news. I'll start it right now. What's the good news? If you're a physical planner purchaser that has been waiting, you are first to know right now. This is, well, naturally, you're not, you're first to know as of today, but the recording coming out, you won't be. They have arrived in the warehouse. They're in stock. Finally. So they will be shipping out shortly. Yeah. By the time you listen to this, most likely your planner will it's on the way or at your front door. I just really want to say, and this I am going to segue into our topic for today because yep. this is actually also a perfect segue. Apparently, I can find a segue many places. 
<laughs> Mike just did this really amazing flip move of the of the microphone while he scooted his chair across the carpet. That was impressive. I wish I had that on video. What? Oh, how I'm, I just, how, you just I like just scooted over. Yeah, but you wound the microphone mm-hmm. around so it would meet you in your new location. It was impressive. That's called so, optimal engineering planning right there. Today, we are talking about standing up and standing out, standing up, standing out, speaking up, speaking out and <laughs> stand up, stand out, speak up, speak out. So to preface this. Well, well, in regards to the planners, I just want to say I am so grateful to those of you who have been patiently waiting. And I will say, and I told you this in a video, and I've told you this in a Facebook Live also, that we had no idea when we went out on this journey of making our first physical product that it would be such a debacle and that it would take so freaking long. So I know you pre-ordered in November and I know it is now the end of February and you are getting your planner. Some, the first 200 got theirs already. 250. Uh, the first 250 got theirs already. We had um, a shipping debacle. So we 50 had a extra shipping people. debacle. We had then everything got held up at customs due to the coronavirus. Then, you know, there was just, it took longer to get to the warehouse. Just a lot of things that were completely out of our control. And we did have some disgruntled customers. It has created a bit of a customer service. I think hiccup would be a very gentle way to say this. And I just want to say for those of you who are out there creating new things and, you know, like going out and building something from scratch or trying something new that you've never done before, (laughs) people will get upset. Like that's just part of the deal. And I think that so much of how we can be part of the collective healing of the planet is how we choose to respond when people are upset or how we choose to respond in the first place when our expectations are not met and when we are disappointed. And so thank you to those of you who have been really patient. We've learned a lot every year when we do the planner, it's going to get better and better because of what we've learned. So thank you. You're going to love it. It's totally worth the wait. And for those of you who did not order a physical planner, we will have more in Q2. They are currently being manufactured and they will be in stock already before we put out the notice that they're available. So we are not doing another pre-order, but you can get on the wait list over at katenorthup.com forward slash planner. So if you want to get on the wait list for a physical planner to be the first to know when they're back in stock, you go do that. katenorthup.com forward slash planner. So... A little bit of a backstory. We are not going to get into too much of the actual issue that I decided to stand up and speak out about a week ago, but we are going to talk about the experience of it because the purpose of this particular episode is not to talk about medical freedom. Are you okay? I'm just, I don't, yeah, I'm fine. (laughs) You're like shaking. I know because I'm a little cold slash excited. So I'm fine. Do you, would you like a blanket? Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> okay. Okay. I thought I saw your hand shaking like a minute ago and then I was like, am I seeing something? Okay. But no, you're literally you're like shaking. So, we're going to talk about the journey of coming out and speaking out about something controversial and the different ways that our psychology and group think and also our humanity and the fact that we are animals keeps us silenced and stuck and prevents 
our collective progress and how instead we can be part of collective progress instead of blocking collective progress. So in Maine, but this is the quick background. In Maine, today, actually, the day that this podcast episode comes out, if you're listening to it the day it goes live, it is Tuesday, March 3rd. If you're listening after the fact, this already happened. Today, March 3rd, there's a bill on the ballot today in the state of Maine called LD-798. And we are either voting, yes, we want to overturn this bill, or no, we do not want to overturn this bill. And the simple version is that this bill was passed in May of 2019 after hundreds and hundreds of people testified in Augusta at our Capitol. It only passed by one vote. And the bill said we are getting rid of the philosophical and religious exemption for vaccinations in the state of Maine. And now in order to attend private or public school or be a healthcare worker or work in a private or public school or daycare or go to daycare, you have to have all of the shots according to the CDC schedule, all of the vaccinations, or you can get a medical exemption that's a little bit more of a complicated it's issue. challenging. If you're interested more in this topic and you want to know the resources and all that stuff, I have a body autonomy highlight on my Instagram stories where I've been sharing a lot of this stuff. And there's also an IGTV over there. And I did a Facebook Live with my mom. So you can check out all that stuff. Mm-hmm. By the way, I just want to shout out, I think our friend Licia Morelli actually coined the phrase body autonomy. I didn't realize that this was not like a common phrase. And apparently, like, she had started talking about body autonomy to me in regards to the vaccine issue. So I just thought that was like in the zeitgeist, like that's what we call it. But apparently not. And so now it's spreading, (laughs) which is kind of cool. So I just wanted to shout out Licia. Oh, boy. Um, Did she trademark that phrase? It's She is a dear friend of ours. She used to run our company. She's an incredible writer. And anyway, I think Licia actually came up with the phrase body autonomy. But I'm loving how it's spreading. And I'm loving all these people using it. We should ask her where she came up with that. I did ask her. And she does not think she got it from anywhere else. (laughs) I haven't Googled though. So like, I'm not sure. Anyway, you became aware of it through Licia. I became aware of that phrase through Licia. Licia is not aware of any place she thought about it. She found out about it other than inside her brain. And should we define what you mean by a body autonomy? Do that. So what I mean by body autonomy is our right to choose what goes on with our own bodies. In regards to the vaccine conversation, it's about our right to choose a delayed schedule or Mm -hmm. an alternative schedule or whatever it is that we might want to do with our own bodies or with our children's bodies, given the fact that vaccinations are a pharmaceutical drug and therefore they have well-documented risks and there is some safety testing. It's not as extensive as some people might believe. And the CDC schedule of 96 shots, I'm sorry, 69 shots by the time you are 18 years old has never been tested right for safety or efficacy not to say that it's not safe or effective it's just not been tested all 69 shots in the way it's given so to give an example so it might make more sense for people just about this and then we'll kind of move on from it just so you know this episode is not about medical yes. freedom yeah, yeah, yeah. or vaccine safety but we're just giving you the background of, of them, how we got here of, yeah, right. what's happening so 
I mean, these votes are going on across the United States, like bills like this are being passed in all 50 states. They've already passed through New York and California and some other places. They're not being passed in all 50 states, but they're being this is intru- stirring no. in the legislature in all yes, the states. They're being introduced in a lot of And this already is states. the case in Australia is the vaccine mandate. Germany, I've heard it from a lot of folks. But it's less than what is required here in these other countries. It's fewer as well. shots. Yes. Oh. So I'm 37 years old. And if I was to go to college, so this this would officially go into effect September 1st, 2020, I think. September, September 1st, 2021, 2021 is when LD-798 yep. will go into effect In, if we do not overturn it today right. by voting yes. Just let me finish my example and then you can close it out. The, <laughs> it's, the piece of I'm 37, I don't have because when I was a kid, the amount of shots that we had to get was five or six or seven like it's really it's a lot less right and versus what is what the requirement is and i just want to be clear it's it's doses not actually number of shots because now they're combining they're combining a bunch so you might be like well it's not that it's not 69 shots no it's not but it is 69 doses of vaccine because they're giving two or three they're grouping them yes when we were kids they gave individual shots they weren't grouping things i think some were grouped but but anyway if I try to go to school here and let's just say 2022 at a 37 year old male, I will not be allowed to go to school unless you abide by the CDC adult vaccine schedule. Correct. Even this is a hilarious the, part of the bill. <laughs> Even if he is attending <laughs> online school <laughs> like this applies. So if you sit in front of your computer and never actually go to a classroom, you can't you register. cannot attend an online school. So this is like it gets ridiculous here. So during this process of this bill and we dove much deeper into it over the last few months and we've learned a lot of things and we've I've listened. I listened to a, multiple debates this week. Like we're really deep in this conversation. Some things came up. And would you like to kind of talk about how this body autonomy piece yeah, took off so, and what you came up with? What like what happened? So our stance, I'll just say my stance. I can't speak for you. My we're, stance, uh, we're on the same. Page. I know we are. My yeah. stance is that each of us have our own body and we should get to choose whether we choose to if we're a woman or if we have a uterus choose to whether or not we have a child and carry a pregnancy to term. We should be able to choose which medications we take or which medications we do not take. And that includes we should be able to choose when and where and how we get vaccinated. And so that's my stance. My whole mission is about helping women become embodied, get in our bodies so that we can tap into our loudest truth and our most powerful wisdom. Because when a woman is fully embodied and deeply in touch with the truth of who she is and her internal truth and her internal wisdom, everyone else and everything else gets handled. Because when women are fully cared for and their needs are fully met, everyone else does get handled. And this has been proven by so much data in the book, Half the Sky. Uh, which is a beautiful, beautiful book about how when we invest in women and girls and the education and well-being of women and girls, we literally handle everyone else because we can't help it. (laughs) It's just the way we are. And so I love that data. I love that book. I highly recommend it. And I just like really think it is wrong that anyone else should be able to tell us what we do with our own children from a medical perspective 
and what we do with our own bodies from a medical perspective. My, as I said on my Instagram stories, my mama bear energy comes all out about that. Not to mention all of the data that I've researched and kind of like the fact that these bills are being pushed through by the pharmaceutical industries, which are the very people who are going to profit from them being passed. And then all the mythology in BOA. So, but I decided because of this vote was coming up in Maine and because I believe so strongly in medical freedom, and I believe so strongly based on the extensive research that I've done, that we do not have a public health crisis, that it has all been fabric, not fabricated, but like it, we've been whipped in, up into a fear. It's a marketing, it's a marketing and PR message that is coming out from the media, whose number one funder, whose number one advertiser, 70% of the major networks, their advertising dollars comes from the pharmaceutical industry. So we are getting information from totally biased sources that are funded by the pharmaceutical industry. So of course, they're not going to be able to report in on the other side because they would <laughs> lose all their money. And so I believe we've been whipped up into a frenzy. I'm not going to say we. People have been whipped up into a frenzy and we have been fed a bunch of information that is not entirely accurate about fear of infectious disease. And it's it's not based on the truth once I've done the research for me. But what's more important here is that I really wanted to stand up to say, I think we all need to make our own decisions here. And I think that allowing the government to make medical decisions for humans, it feels very wrong to me. So I decided to create a video with my mom about the five most common questions that people ask about vaccinations. And just really say like, hey, there are two sides of this story. And I know it's a completely contentious issue. I had vowed <laughs> to never talk about it publicly, mm -hmm. quite frankly, because yep. I didn't want to get because into it with the other parents at daycare. I mean, if I'm right. really honest, that was it. I just didn't want to get into it with the other parents at daycare. So I never wanted to talk publicly about it. But once I have come out, once we've come out, and once I have realized the degree of fear that we have around having a conversation that just like anything else controversial, we should be able to ask questions and say like, hey, what are those ingredients? I'm about to shoot that into my bloodstream. So asking a question about ingredients seems like a perfectly normal thing to do. And asking about the safety testing seems like a normal thing to do. And asking about the efficacy seems like a very rational, normal thing to do. But what I am finding is that as soon as we raise a question about this particular issue, people become hysterical. And they become hysterical because... Just like in any other situation where there's groupthink and where we have been served one side of a conversation, the people who question it and who think in their gut, oh, something here doesn't feel right, have been, fear has been used as a technique to keep them silent. Because my DMs and ever shame. since, and shame, my DMs have been blowing up ever since I posted this video with the following. Really common, oh my gosh, thank you for saying something. I have felt so alone and terrified to say anything within my community, and I felt like I was the only one questioning this. So 
silencing tactic, right? Like I was silenced by fear because of the media whipping people into a frenzy and making it sound like anybody who has a question is a crazy person and basically like trying to, you know, infect all the other children with infectious diseases. Like really the whole thing is ridiculous. Like the assumption is if I have a question that suddenly I'm a terrible person and I am trying to get everyone around me sick. I mean, that's what they no, make it you, sound like. What, no, you're labeled anti-vax. Right, which, right, I, which right I'm off absolutely the bat, And then not. you're just like, well, I'm not actually anti-vax. I'm just asking I'm, questions. I'm pro-research. I'm pro-informed right. no, so consent. You're asking, no, if you challenge a thing, then you're considered an anti-vax situation, right? right? That's not the point of, like, that's... That's not what we're talking about. Just like it's like researching marketing ideas for Facebook ads. We should be able to ask questions. Like if you don't want to run Facebook ads, I'm not calling you an anti-Facebook adder. <laughs> like, can you imagine? No. Be like, oh, I'm going to leave Facebook because or I don't like all this stuff. Like, like, okay, now you're an anti-Facebook person. Let's say like, I'm trying to think about something else that's like sort of, anyway, it's it's a it's a far more complicated issue. What and I trying to think about? Never mind. And no, I, but I, I think it's just the place where it's it starts and because then it goes into it's like, oh, you want to get all the kids sick and you don't care about children's health and you don't care. Like it goes into this rabbit hole that's not accurate. Well, it's not scientifically sound. Right. So, again, there are so many resources on the in the links on the video I posted on IGTV with my mom and also in my. IG stories highlight on body autonomy. So if you want to research this, head on over. There's great resources there. Some of them are, you know, some of them are unbiased, like from PubMed. Some of them are definitely from one side. But I also just really want to say this. When it comes to looking for unbiased information, people assume, well, I read this article on CBS.com. So therefore, it's unbiased. I read this thing on, you know, I saw this on the news. Therefore, it's unbiased. I really, really, I found this on Google. Therefore, you know, Google is an unbiased search engine. Here's the truth, folks. There's really no such thing as an unbiased source of information. And mainstream media and Google are funded largely by pharmaceutical advertising dollars. We live in a country where pharmaceutical companies can advertise. That's not true in every single country. In fact, I've talked to other people from other countries where they think it's so weird. No, it, it doesn't. Are... We're the only country. Oh, really? No, we, this is, Dr. Strand wrote a book a long time ago. We learned about him through USANA, It's called et What Your Doctor Doesn't Know About Nutritional yeah, Medicine Might Be Killing You. Just, he said that we're basically, it's not just, like we've talked about sobriety on this episode We've talked about the alcohol industry with Holly Whitaker. We've talked kind about. It seems like this is the same conversation. <laughs> it is. Yeah. And you go back to Food Babe when we had Bonnie Hari here about how she exposed a lot of the funding that was happening with these nutritionists that were basically saying like Pepsi is good, right? Or whatever the product was, you know, and she can get with the Freedom of Information Act and backtrack all of these things. So. Everything that, just from a business perspective, right? So I just read, I'm reading this article. It's on the Atlantic that just came out about the, we're in like an area of misinformation. I can't remember the article. We'll link it up in the show notes. 
But it's it basically said if you think about Mark Zuckerberg said that he will allow false advertising for political campaigns to take place because he got in a lot of you know he was at the wash he was in Congress and all this stuff in after 2016 election. And he basically said they're not going to silence political ads that are promoting false information because it's the reader's responsibility to decide whether or not it's false. So if you think about there were stats where Hillary Clinton for like three months before the election ran 66,000 ads, Donald Trump ran, it was like 4 million ads or something like astronomical numbers. I might be off on that, but it was like astronomical compared to what she ran. And then when the impeachment started, he ran 14,000 ads in 10 days, different variations, all of this stuff. Like it's really hard to disseminate what is actually true and what is not true. But here's what's true is that Facebook made a shitload of money, billions and billions of dollars off ads that are running. And guess who also does this as well? It's our big news. It's New York Times. It's ABC. You think a pharmaceutical ad that runs for 60 minutes on a TV station, 60 seconds, sorry, on a TV station with all of their advantages and then 30 seconds of, it's like 15 seconds of here's what you're going to get, but the benefits and then 45 seconds of all the things you could and how you're going to die, right? Like all the disadvantages of this. But we as just, and then this is the same for the alcohol companies. This is the same for the food, big food right? It all like the gun lobbyists, right? It all goes into these same categories that marketing and budgeting and who's controlling this narrative. So it's, it's, and that's what's happening right now. Like people are seeing this stuff and be like, I actually want the truth. And here's the truth. Here's the truth. Okay. Give me the truth. No absolute truth. Right. So like, here's what I really want you to know. And this is one of the number one things that I heard from people When I said what I'm recommending is that each of us do our own research and make the decision that feels best to us based on our research and then based on checking in with our intuition. So that's my message is like, please don't take the government's word for it. Please don't even take your doctor's word for it. Please do your own research with information that's publicly available so you can go to the FDA website and you can get the 20 page vaccine insert that comes with each shot which your doctor will not give you, but it's widely available and read it, at least the overview. You don't have to read Mm -hmm. every single 20 pages. I'm not very detail oriented, so I get it. You might be rolling your eyes at me right now. I'm rolling my eyes at me. However, it's an injection going into your body. So like, I can't think of something more important to research than something that you are injecting intravenously to see Does this seem like a good idea for me right now? Does it seem like a good idea in this order at this time, in this amount? All of those things. But the number one thing I was hearing from people is, oh my gosh, where do I start? Oh my gosh, how can you tell me I have to do my own research? Oh my gosh, you're telling me I have to go to medical school in order to make this decision? And I'm like, whoa, nope, I am not telling you any of those things. But listen, Many, many health professionals say we get a half day of vaccine toxicology information in medical school. One half day out of four years. Ask anybody who's a doctor how long did they spend on nutrition, nutritional like supplementation or or nutrition in that way. And you can also talk about this. And it's and many will tell you 
And it's not very much. It takes about 20 years for the research to come out for to catch clinical up. practice, actual what happens in doctor's office to shift because there's like a freaking lot of red tape and then they got to get out the information and you know doctors are doing the best they can like they're just trying to get by also they're exhausted humans Look, just as I well mean, as we are the system is not serving them either no. so i just want to say what i heard back from folks is like a lot of hysteria around oh you're telling me i have to do my research how could i possibly do that well i would rather just do exactly what my doctor says and i'm like well that's fine Rock on. But please don't take away my right to do my own research. That's like really the bottom line. And so if you do want to do your own research, like I said, the CDC vaccine inserts are a great place to start, though those are the abridged version. And if you want the full version, like literally everything, you need to go to the FDA website to get the vaccine inserts there, like the 20 page version. For the um, vaccine situation, anything. but like. Oh my gosh, like your own If you're taking drugs, if you're taking your own medications. Splenda. Like Splenda. <laughs> Splenda. Right? Like anything um, that we're... What's it called? The stuff you spray on your lawn? Um, Roundup. Uh, yeah, but what are those called? Pesticides. Um, pesticides. Right, like pesticides. Like, And it's not... You don't have to spend three weeks on this, right? Like, I mean, it could turn into a three-week spiral of like learning all of this information it's possible it could turn into your life's mission yeah and so <laughs> i just remember vani hari when she was on our and a lot of people talk about this is like when you look at ingredients on food packages if you don't know what they are like if you like it's like if you can't read the ingredient right if it makes no sense you and you're like shouldn't eat it be like is my body actually going to digest this mm -hmm. and most like the answer is no and so what does that get stuck somewhere does that how does that affect in someone insides are in inserts into our body and it's the same so it's just it's like doing a little bit versus and don't get me wrong i mean this is a a conversation where it's like sometimes you check in with your body and the answer is no and we do it anyway sure and we pay for the results somehow right but now we've learned a lesson to ourselves to be like okay let's not do that again i also want to say that we've talked about this before this is not the first time this will not be the last time we have a problem in our culture of dislocating our center of control to an authority figure outside of ourselves and creating this child parent relationship where for the love of god we just want someone else to tell us what to do and i get it because I love it when somebody just tells me what to do and when I can hand them my power and just say, like, just tell me what to do because it's easier because I don't have to think because I can just freaking relax and let go. But the problem is when we hand somebody else our power, they ultimately at the end of the day have their own best interest in mind. They really do. Like, now, I'm not saying, Mike, if you like, if I am like, what do you think I should do that I'm thinking you have your own best interest at mind and you're trying to sabotage me for like, I'm not saying that at all. And I'm not even saying this is conscious, but I am saying if we spend our entire lives expecting somebody else outside of us to tell us what to do, we're fucked because we will never be able to make a good decision ourselves and integrate all of the variety of information that's out there mm -hmm. and know what to do with it and actually say, no, this is what's best for me. This is what's best for my family. And this other person could not possibly know 
what is best for me given that they have not lived in my body, they have not lived my life, they have not experienced what I've experienced, and they also do not have my centrally sourced intuition. So I just want to say that, I just want to say a lot of things, but right now I want to say that we have to do our own research. We have to become our own internal locus of control, take back our agency and say, back off. Like, I'm going to be over here making my own decisions about my own freaking body because ultimately, like, making our doctors in charge of our health, our doctors are not in charge of our health. We are in charge of our health. They are never going to make us healthy. It is our job day in and day out to make sure that we are taking care of our body. That is not their job. Their job is to help us when we break a leg or have some kind of an emergency or we're sick or to do some routine screening. Like they're wonderful for that, but they are not in the healthcare system. They are in the disease care system. And that is a very different conversation. So I also wanted to say in terms of like this pursuit for the ephemeral unbiased source that when you look at the mainstream media, you have to understand it's funded by big pharma. And also even Google, when you're doing your research, I also want you to know that there was a huge Google oh crackdown. We're going to change this podcast to <laughs> Kate, the conspiracy no, theorist. It's, like, it's not a conspiracy. I it's know. just the truth. <laughs> I am, dude, I have been talking about this for like 15 years. I am Listen, well on the ball game. You thought I, have I was some crazy. Friends. I have some friends yes. who really go down the rabbit hole when it comes to conspiracies like yes i am one of them I am, you're married to I know. the guy i actually think i'm pretty moderate when no, it you comes are, to this stuff like i'm a yes. very middle of the road like i really like to look at i don't if anybody's hysterical i'm pretty much like yeah we're not gonna go with hysterical and i'm gonna talk about that in a minute no i um, know this is no i just, I just this is a psa yeah google is not an unbiased source of information. We think like, oh, I type the search terms into Google and it looks, it combs through the entire internet and it gives me the unbiased information that I'm looking for. This is not the case. In 2019, Google did a smackdown on any natural and alternative health information and our friends who run like, you know, green juice smoothie blogs and like, you know, Kelly, Here's how to Kelly take your Brogan, vitamin C. Yeah. yeah, but Kelly Brogan's like an extreme example because her stuff is really directly against the pharmaceutical industry. I'm talking about people who were writing about like eat more kale. Their traffic went down 90% overnight, their blog traffic, because Google did this smackdown. And so you are not getting unbiased information when you Google on Google. So I love using DuckDuckGo. I've also heard Ecosia is good, and we'll link those in the show notes. Alternative search engines so that you know that you're getting um, an unbiased source of information as much as you possibly can versus one that is filtering out anything that's basically not traditional medicine. Okay. So here's what was fascinating. So it was number one, I noticed a lot of people who were just like, I couldn't possibly do my research. I'm like, that's fascinating that you're injecting yourself with something that you couldn't possibly read a two-page document about. Okay, cool. <laughs> um, number two, fascinating that out of the, so out of all the, so I thought that posting this video was gonna be risky, for sure. I was like, this is risky. I know I'm about to step in it and I believe in this so strongly. And even though we have a lot to lose and nothing to gain from doing this, 
I'm going to talk about it because it feels really important to me. And it feels really important to the people of my state and the people of this country where, you know, and the world where these mandates are being passed all over the place. And I figured, you know, we'd lose some followers. I figured we'd lose some money, lose some sales. And I would um, say if you want to look at your state, this is a great read. I did a video on this in 2000. We were living in Falmouth. And it was when California passed this in 2017, 2016. I think it was 2014 that they passed their mandate. No, no it wasn't. No. It was, we were living in Falmouth. Okay. Because I, I recorded the video on the porch and it was about this guy, Richard Pan. He's a senator in the state of California. And when I, all I did was follow the money. I was like, okay, because I was just curious if they're passing this mandate, this guy, Richard Pan started to, he was the person that brought this up in California. Where, did, where is he getting funded from somebody? And he received over $250,000 directly from the pharmaceutical company. And I was like, okay. And it's continued and he's going, you know, so a thing to look at is inside of your state. You're like, well, where do I look at these things? I mean, right now you can just go like wherever you live, you can say vaccine mandates in, or what's the vaccine regulations in the state of Maine. Yeah, you can look that right And up. you'll look something like will come in up. Maine, it's maine.gov. Yeah. Right. And know, so whatever. you can look all of these things up and you can start to see. And then in the state of Maine as well, the guy that brought this to the house to start this bill was also received funding from the pharmaceutical companies. Right. And so he got some of lobbying money came from the big pharma. So it just it's like you can track it all like it all to whoever starts this. And just make sure you're doing yeah. your searching on DuckDuckGo or right. Ecosia and yeah. just find out like where these people are associated, what boards they sit on, yep. all of that in the state of Maine. The no on one campaign was about 70 percent funded by Merck and Pfizer. So Merck and Pfizer each put in 250 grand. There was like a couple of individual donors who put in like yep. 20 grand. And this biotech company who is definitely involved in the pharmaceutical and in, in the vaccine industry put in $98,000. And Stephen King. And Stephen King, which 000. I'm fascinated. I was yeah, just like I'm curious. What... I wonder if he's got stock inside of the pharma companies or something. But oh, it, I don't know. It's... Who knows? Anyway. Yeah, um... and it's just, it's to take, it, you just kind of sit back and be like, how are these things getting brought to attention? And you definitely follow the money. I hope for a day when we are alive where you will no longer have lobbying groups and corporations able to pay into politics. It would be really yeah. awesome if actually politicians had to listen to their constituents and not vote on behalf of large corporations. Yeah. And if we had a time like that, we'd actually be having a very different conversation. Mm -hmm. It would also be really awesome if the major media were not basically working for the pharmaceutical industries in terms of what <laughs> they are able to publish and talk about. They, They're not they working get for the funding from other places yeah, honey, besides 70% of your advertising dollars coming from these people. Obviously, they're never going to run a story that talks about the other side of the conversation because mm -hmm. they're they lose their money. And then, you know, it's it's complicated. So it's actually not that complicated. It's actually pretty simple. <laughs> so that was one thing that we found was just like people really not wanting to do their research. But when I decided to post this video, I really had no idea what I was stepping into. I think it I thought it would just be like, oh, this will be like, yes, we'll lose some followers. Yes, we'll lose some money. It feels worth risking that. We certainly, you know, again, like we're not profiting from talking about this. In fact, completely the opposite. And so I put up the video and it's at this point, let me just see how many so it's this this video, we'll link it in the show notes, but it's on IGTV and then the same video is on YouTube 
and on Facebook. So you can find it a bunch of different places. And the title of the video is Five Questions to Keep You and Your Family Safe from Communicable Diseases. Right now it has about 23,000 views and 773 comments. And that was at the time you're listening to this episode, that was a week ago. I'm sure it has more now. You know, by internet standards, that's not exactly viral, but by my standards, that's like that spread. That's a lot more than most has. The vast majority, I would say 80% of the comments were really supportive and like, oh, thank you for this information. Thanks for sticking your neck out there about a conversation we're not like allowed. It's such a taboo topic, which is the silencing of the engine trying to keep people from questioning things. I just want you to think back to other times in history when it was publicly unacceptable to raise questions about things and how dangerous that is. I won't bring up specific moments in time, but you can think of them and you can think of what was at stake during those times. So the vast majority were positive, supportive, and I didn't put it out there for positive, supportive comments. I put it out there so people who weren't questioning might think like, oh, maybe I should look into this. And I put it out there to hopefully like have some folks in the state of Maine honestly vote who weren't aware of the debate. What was creating awareness. I was creating awareness, just raising awareness over here, using my platform to raise awareness, sticking my neck out there, knowing that I was going to be a little bit in a shitstorm. There were a few things I did not anticipate. (laughs) Number one, I did not anticipate that the vast majority of negative comments would be all about how disappointed they were in me. That phrase, I'm so disappointed in you, came up time and time and time again. And what I brought up in an Instagram story afterwards, because I have been sharing. This comes in an email, like people write in emails to our customer service support team. You know, this is this is like a very easy thing to to say to people. I'm sure people said it about the planner. I'm not just saying like this is only about. No, no, no. No, this is this is not. No, that this is the (laughs) example or this is the phrase they used at this time. They have used this. Over and over Many over. other times. I'm so disappointed in you. Oh, so here's, honey. Here's what you. this is. Here's what happens there. Okay. So fascinating that you would use I'm so disappointed in you instead of I disagree with you. I'm all about I disagree with you. I don't want you to agree with me. I want you to do your own research so you can agree with your own damn self. I don't want you to agree with me. I want you to think. <laughs> and so I'm so disappointed in you creates this patriarchal relationship where we are in a hierarchy and you are like the parental figure and I have failed to live up to your expectations. And as far as I'm concerned, I was not aware that we had gone into some sort of contract where we had a set of laid out agreements that I had agreed to at some point and that now I'm not living up to them. I never agreed to anything in terms of the folks who I hang out with on Instagram. My account and my platform is for me to share my stuff. It's personal. And people were saying, I can't believe you would present yourself as an unbiased source. I was like, I never said I'm an unbiased source. I've been sharing my opinion right here on this account since 2012, straight up opinion. Yeah, I'll back it up. And certainly with the vaccine conversation, I shared plenty of resources to start your research. I didn't say every single one of them was unbiased. I said, these are some resources that I thought were helpful. 
should you care to start your own research and again, run it through your own internal guidance system. So anyway, it was just fascinating. And so really, I realized from that, like, it came out of me, it just like erupted out of me when I was doing an Instagram story that night. And it's it's saved in my highlights, if you want to go see it, where I just said, like, just so we're clear, I'm not here to please you. That's not my job. We never agreed to that. I would never agree to that. My job is to tell my truth. And if it happens to sway you, and if it happens to inspire you or educate you or piss you off, that's all fine. But the I'm disappointed in you was really surprising to me. So that was one thing that was fascinating. And then I did a whole post about I'm not here to please you that really took off in its own way, which was kind of amazing. So that was one. That was another thing. And then what happened is in that first 24 hours or so, my central nervous system went completely haywire. And I really. How, how is it right now? It's good. I'm wound up, obviously. <laughs> obviously. Yeah. Well, I'm fired up about this conversation because I just I'm not fired up about people disagreeing with me. And in fact, I'm going to tell you a few stories about people disagreeing with me and how wonderful that's been. I'm fired up. And to be honest, it just makes me really sad how unwilling we are to think for ourselves and like how much we have been indoctrinated to believe that somebody else knows better and that we can trust them blindly. That's what I really want people to know is that at the end of the day, and I don't mean this in a like hyper independent, like me against the world way, but like at the end of the day, There is no such thing as the absolute truth. So there's only the relationship between you and you and your devotion to doing the thing that's what you know to be true based on the combination of your own research and your own intuition. That's the best any of us can do. And we can't access that when we're outsourcing our power to external authority figures. Mm Mm-hmm. This comes in all areas of our life. Oh, absolutely. Another great example of this is we just got off the phone with one of our financial people and we have done for the last four or five years something that's a little bit unconventional. This is not surprising to any of you. Yeah, compared to what (laughs) the norm is, right? So the norm is you get it, you're at your job, you put your money in your 401k, you keep it there till you're 65 and then you get to take it out, right? That's like the the traditional thought process. It used to be pensions. You know, for people that are upset about that, it is vastly unproductive for an organization to be... My grandfather received a pension longer than he worked at the company, right? Like that's unsustainable. It's well, why, those were created when people yes. were usually dying within a year of that's correct. retiring. Right. Yeah. Some, my uncle asked me a couple of years ago about why is Social Security now under... Because now we're taking more money out of Social Security than we're putting in it. Not us personally, but just the United States. <laughs> me, and, is, me and Mike. <laughs> yeah. We are sucking that Social Security system dry. But just us as, as people in the United States. And it's because people are living so much longer. Like the retirement age was 66 or something because everybody would die at 64. And now we're living much longer. So we Which had a... Which is due in part. I also just want to say that's due in part to some medical yes, advances. Exactly. So I also just want to say like no, this shout is not out to all... medicine. No, no, no. Medicine has a lot of positives and a lot of negatives, but this comes back to paying attention to your body because, or ourselves and making decisions for ourselves because we are the ones that know 
how to operate that way, right? So every system is dismantling and breaking up and restarting and all these things, right? So we talked to our financial person this morning and then we're meeting with a local financial advisor that we've met with once and sounds great. And his recommendation is more along the traditional lines. And then today we talked with a guy that's a little bit more unconventional and we just like, okay, well, what should we do? You know, and then we're making decisions that are best for us based off of the advice of these two people. And neither. Here's the, the goal. Right. We are not trying to please either of them. Correct. And for women, this is really big. Mm-hmm. I am not going to decide where to put my money based on making Bob or Steve feel like I'm being a good girl. Those are not actually their names. Not their real names. (laughs) (laughs) We as women have been so indoctrinated to believe that our presence is to please other people, that our presence is here on earth to make other people happy, to keep them comfortable, to be of service, to make sure that everyone else is taken care of, which makes it extremely difficult to stand up and say something that we know is going to ruffle feathers. So in the aftermath of posting this video. Do you think that that, that might be easy? Why it's like, talk to me about the full, because I, I've been talking about, like, I didn't do a video with your mother, like these type of things, like the way that you're talking about things is very, is great on Instagram and et cetera. I mean, I'm also talking about the same things in the same, the same topics, right? But I don't get shit, right? I like, I get so many people agreeing with me that's like, yeah, thanks for standing up. And I appreciate, you know, all this stuff, but the pushback that women onto like a women onto women. Oh yeah. Like, or woman, you're a woman, right? Women onto you, Kate. It's like this, like, talk to me about like the, what you're talking about right now, but like this whole thing that I'm disappointed in you. Where nobody's writing to me to be like, I'm so disappointed in you. Well, I think, you know, it's it's multi-layered, right? Right, correct. You well, and I, they're since They're probably we went not in, all following us. Well, yeah. you and I, since we went into business, we've been building my accounts. Yes, so correct. I think there's something to the fact where I'm this public figure. You're also a public figure, but like we just happen to have built the platform on my name. Oh, I see. Right? So you're an Instagram no, influencer no, and I'm just an Instagrammer. No, <laughs> just saying like... <laughs> Kate, I understand. People yes. have a yes, tendency. Yes, 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 yes. to put public figures on a pedestal, which makes it really easy for us to disappoint people. Got it. And I've, listen, I have been on the other side of this uh-huh. where I have put somebody on a pedestal and then they do something publicly that I don't agree with. And it's a real bummer because I have, I have taken them outside of being human. And then when they show the truth, which is that they are human, then it's been really something for me to grapple with personally. Now that's in a situation where they made like a big public error. This situation, of course, is not something where I think I made a big public error. For me, this is me standing up for what I believe to be true. And I'm, I stand by that hundred percent. And it's not random, right? Like I did, a, I've done, I've been researching this for years. This is not just like one day I decided to get on a bandwagon. <laughs> like, right. It, this is well, this is like, this runs very deep. It runs deep in um, the family. In like your family. mother has been doing this for a long time. Absolutely. But I have friends whose parents have not been doing this for a long time, who've done their own research and who've also come to their own conclusion that they'd like to make their own medical choices. Mm-hmm. 
So that was fascinating that I'm disappointed in you. And really this whole thing that bubbled up in me of I'm not here to please you was such a rally cry for myself and for others. And I didn't realize the degree to which I've been hiding. And I didn't realize the degree to which I have felt silenced and that I couldn't say the truth about what I believe when it comes to body autonomy and informed consent because I didn't want to stir the pot. And what I realized is it's because I didn't have the tools on board and the understanding of how to deal with the feeling, the very real feeling that when we stick our neck out and people disagree with us and attack us publicly or privately, quite frankly, because I got some attacks in my DMs too, though not very many. Most of the attacks were public, which I think is actually better, <laughs> where it really felt like I was going to die. And the reason that is, is because we are mammals, we are animals, and our mammalian brain and our, you know, our, our mammal being depends on being part of a community for survival. And it has for eons. And so if we put ourselves in a position where we feel like we're being ostracized or shunned from the group and we feel like we no longer belong and that people don't like us, it literally triggers a feeling that we are going to die because that is our lizard brain. That is our survival brain piping in to be like, oh, hey, you better make everyone else happy. Otherwise, you will die. You will be shunned. You will not have resources. You will starve. You will not have shelter. And that all is very real. And then when you read Dr. Valerie Rain's book, Patriarchy Stress Disorder, which we're going to have her on the podcast coming up, but get the book, get ready. Then you learn about the ancestral trauma that we carry through epigenetics in our genes. So all the things that have happened to all the women in my lineage and the men too are literally embedded in my genetic coding. So all that fear. And then the collective trauma of just being a woman on planet Earth or being a marginalized person on planet Earth and being told that we are worth less and that we are less valuable than a heterosexual cisgender white male. All of that. Then we go out and say like, oh, hey, I believe this thing that other people are challenging and that the media attacks day in and day out and that all the people, you know, in small town communities or big town communities, you're not supposed to bring it up because it's so taboo. And as soon as you do, people think you are a completely crazy person who's trying to poison your communities. Like, and then you raise your hand and do that. And my whole body was like, oh my God, I'm going to die. And it was really hard for me to contain that feeling. And so I was so grateful that I've been studying the central nervous system and I knew what to do. And so- I have also now a highlight on my Instagram stories about central nervous system healing. But that feeling of like the nervous system going haywire and feeling like you're going to die is real. And so I don't believe it's a situation of feel the fear and do it anyway. It's a situation of learning how to signal our body that we are safe. So learning how to turn on the parasympathetic nervous system, which is rest and restore, even in the face of a circumstance where you may feel under attack or like you're not safe. But we have to be able to override our lizard brain and turn on 
that parasympathetic nervous system to say, actually, you are safe. And what was so cool is I was able to activate those nervous system healing practices. I shook. I sang really loudly in the car to Lady Gaga while I cried. I reached out to friends for support. And EFT, the tapping is also really great for this. There's you know so many different things you can do. I breathe into my back ribs. That really helps turn on my parasympathetic nervous system. So I was able to turn that on. And then about 24 hours later, I felt unfuckwithable. Like I was just like, oh, it's on. (laughs) If you can't tell right now during this podcast. (laughs) But not from a place of like, I'm going to attack people. And I don't even consider this a fight. You know, some people are like, oh, thanks for being up for the fight. And I'm like, oh, no, I'm not up for the fight. I'm up for a conversation. And that's why I've also been really excited to have some people really beautifully and respectfully disagreeing with me, both in private and in public, where we can go back and forth and just say like, oh, hey, did you think about it this way? Or, oh, hey, here's a resource. And I actually have a friend locally who is really, really smart. And I won't give any more details about her just to because of her anonymity. But she's another mom and brilliant woman. And I I love and respect her. And we've been going back and forth a lot in the DMs sharing resources. And I think she might end up voting differently than us. And that's totally fine because we've been able to love and respect each other through the process. And it's been such a great example. And and coming into the election and later this year, I think it's going to serve us all to remember that like we can love people and disagree with them. And, Mm -hmm. And attacking one another is not actually a useful way to convince them of anything. (laughs) In fact, it's going to be completely the opposite. And hysteria is not a useful way to get people to open up their minds. And I think that what I've been learning is like the more I can calm my central nervous system and then I can approach somebody who uh, might disagree. If if they're disagreeing and they're attacking me, I'm kind of like, yeah, I don't really want to go there. But if they're disagreeing and they're like, hey, have you thought about this or have you thought about that? And then I'm like, oh, no, I hadn't. Thank you so much. And had you thought about this? And like, here's a resource. So that's been actually super healing and beautiful to just get into dialogue with people who might disagree or might not completely agree or who might be coming to this conversation for the first time and have a knee-jerk reaction of like, oh my God, like you're a nuts, and then stay for a minute and be like, oh, wait, actually, if I check in with my intuition, maybe there is something to look at here. So that's been actually really cool. And as a result, we have attracted into our lives lots and lots of people who turned out to really resonate with the message and have found it to be super supportive. So while at first I definitely thought this was going to be a conversation that was going to, you know, be really risky and it has been and it, and it will continue to be. And I don't know how much we'll talk about it going forward, but I'm sure it'll keep coming up that in the end, it's been really great because we've been in conversation with folks who don't agree. We've been in conversation with folks who do agree. And I've been able to learn so much about how to have the courage to speak out about something that's controversial. And listen, if we want the world to change, we have to keep being willing to speak out about things that are not popular. And I've really learned that like, oh, I can still feel safe when people don't like me. Like I can actually still be here when people don't like me. And I'm not sure that I had ever really had such a direct, profound experience of people writing terrible things and saying awful things and then being able to recalibrate myself and hold strong. So it's been cool. 
it's been actually really cool. Good that we're working on our code codependent relationship. <laughs> yeah, because I'm not here to please you, and I'm not here to please you doesn't come from a place of being spiteful, or it just is like true. Mm-hmm. And I can be not here to please you in a very gentle, loving way because yeah. I don't want somebody else to be here to please me either. I want somebody else to be here to be in their own truth, even if that's confronting to me. But if we can be confronting to one another in a loving, kind, gentle, graceful way, then I think we can really make progress. Now, I also want to say, you know, I understand about tone policing and I also understand about, you know, telling people they shouldn't be angry or whatever. And I've gotten the most intense DMs from women who have vaccine injured kids. And I listen, if my family had been directly affected in in a traumatic way by this conversation, I might not be able to address it from such a place of calm and love and kindness and grace. And so I would never say to somebody, you're not allowed to feel intense emotions about something. But I also know that the place to process our intense emotions about something is not in the comments on social media. It's elsewhere. So when I was feeling really hyped up, I was not in the comments. I was in my office shaking by myself or crying in the car. (laughs) Because then we can come back to the conversation and really see a human being in front of us instead of a threat. And so then our trauma is not then coming, you know, then we're not two human beings on the internet basically coming after each other with our own unresolved trauma. But we're instead two human beings on the internet or at daycare drop-off being able to come to each other with our humanity. What do you think, honey? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well, thank you. We are uh, over an hour into the podcast. Mike will chime in now. That straight, white, heterosexual male would just come in. Cisgender. Cisgender, Don't forget. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot. Yeah. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Who has no issues whatsoever. With class privilege. Yes, with so much privilege. It's amazing. It is. No, I know. It's pretty amazing. But yeah, it's... I agree with you on all of this. Like, it's... What's fascinating about it is like what you're experiencing as a place you know from everything you've just shared today i'm also going through the same thing but not coming from like the patriarchy stress disorder i'm part of the patriarchy right we're all part of the patriarchy no i know we're all part of it but i'm the stereotype of when people say like the patriarchy it's the white straight heterosexual man so like we can talk about that that's not i know that's not what you're going but just stay with me here okay so it, it, but it's also a way that because there's not a lot of, I would say, men in my circles discussing what you're talking about here. It's me bringing it up to guys to be like, yo, are you voting? Because What's your vote? Mike is wearing a t shirt right now that says breastfeeding is not a crime. So he's yeah, the true. perfect person. True. To be bringing this up with his guy friend. You can buy this at birthfit.com, um, founder Lindsay Matthews. So you can go get your own, your partner, a breastfeeding is not a crime shirt. But it's, Oh man, I've had some crazy reactions wearing this shirt out in public. I just love the crazy reactions. I just, it's like, it gets me going. Like, it's so crazy. It's like people would come up. It's just, it's amazing. But we went to our refi today and I took my jacket off and, you know, I was just sitting at the table with these two other women. They didn't say anything though, but. Well, one I, of them used to be my mom's patient. I think you yeah. had an audience. Yeah, like, it's fine. Yeah. But uh, they, it's just think about, I'm going this through this process in my own way. Like learning about tapping with my body, you know, going through my sickness in 2018, what I went through, 
I distinctly remember the time, and I've shared this in previous podcasts, before I went on that five-week dose of topical and oral steroids, I did not take them. Like I took five days and was like, you know what? I don't know about this. And then I was like, well, I'm in so much pain now. And that's a lot of times that happens, especially when it comes to the medical industry and doctors. Like we're in pain. My kid's sick. Can you fix it now? Right? Instead of like Ruby was sick this week. She slept for eight hours during the day. Like she slept for four and a half hours, woke up, had some food, had a couple snacks, and then went back to sleep for another three and a half hours, right? And she had like a little, it was not- It was like a 99 It was a 99 fever, fever right? And then she, the next day she was better. And then to the next couple of days, she's been doing a little better. It's a little bit out of sorts still, but she's doing great. And so it's for me, it's like, okay, because sometimes she'll get like a fever or something. And I'll be like, oh my God, like is something wrong with her? Like you kind of go in the sporadic freak out mode. And when I was going through my- sickness piece it was a little bit the same thing like i'm in so much pain i just want this to end now and i think a lot of times that pain we want to end but we need to sit in it for a little bit longer you were sharing earlier about some of the issues we had with customers who bought the planners we had two emails that came in two weeks ago that was really like just nasty like if i saw them in person they would never say these type of things and they came in and our customer support team reached out and was like i'm having this is overwhelming. Like I need help, you know? And I was like, what's going on? They're like, there are these emails, like it's too much. And it's how someone else's perspective writes into our inbox and it changes the personality of who the person is on our customer support team. Not their personality. It changes their physiology. Their, their physiology, like they're feeling and they think like this is ending, the world's going to end, et cetera. And it goes into this really sporadic pace. So I sat down to answer these emails. I was like, just send it to me. I'll take care of it. Cause like this stuff before I used to be working with raw, she's told me to like, <laughs> you know, on our podcast, I said, how did you be so direct, but also like, I'm going to kick you in the pants, but also come out with so much love. And it's changing the perspective to have with coming from love. Like when we think about the people that are opposing our view at yes on one here in Maine and like the nose on one, I know they want to do what's best for the kids, like deep down, the kids and the humans and all this stuff. What were you going to say? Most of them do. Right. A few of them have been paid by the pharmaceutical industry. Okay. But the vast majority of folks Jesus. want our community to be safe. Correct. You're correct. <laughs> <laughs> we get it. People are funded by pharmaceutical companies, people. It goes deep, right? This, oh, my God. It's like Kate discovered this thing in the last month. And it's like... Oh, honey. Yeah, I know. I so, did not discover this in the last month. No. I just started talking about it publicly right. in the last month. You have talked... Yes, I am aware. Everyone on this podcast is now listening, uh, is now aware. They will watch and once everything. you know, you, you can't, can't unknow. Un you can, but it's not going to sit well with your body. So... It's like the bottom line is like a lot of these, right? We're not talking about the gigantic systems that exist about the medical industry, the pharmaceutical industry, the insurance company, how they're all tied together, how pharma's like billions and billions of dollars of profit to off sick people. They're not like <laughs> me. I don't even take Tylenol. Like the pharma's not making any money off me at this point in time, but they want to. They want to figure out how, right? So <laughs> they want me to go. If I take an online class, they're going to make money off me. But like when I learned about like online classes are banned if you're not up to standards on the adult. Like, it's just laughable, right? It's like a funny joke to be like, it's not a joke, it's reality, but you have to find, there's humor that you have to find in these lines too, to be like, okay, I can't go take my online class because the computer I'm going to infect with my whatever, right? So when it came back to answering these emails from these customers, I just sat down. My initial reaction is I want to be like, 
reach through the computer and be like, what are you doing? Like we've been spending hundreds of hours dealing with this thing. And then like thousands of dollars and all of this stuff to try to deliver a perfect product, like an amazing product to you. And we've communicated this like every couple of weeks, emailing our customers, be like updates are coming as soon as we, it's not like we have the planner sitting in the warehouse for like two months and be like, aha, I got your planner. I'm not shipping it to you. No, because what I'd rather do (laughs) is answer all of your customer service emails rather than send you the planner. Yeah. Because we're going to play hide and seek with the planner. It's a game I learned from my kids. We're going to play hide and seek. Guess guess where your planner is. You know, it's like, no, like if the planner was here, we would send it to you, but it's not. And we did a pre-order. We are upfront with this. So I sat down to answer these emails and I was just like, your comment is, your email to us is unacceptable. Like you cannot write this to someone and expect like, just expect gratitude, like expect some sort of compassion like this it was not a compassionate email it was rude it was inconsiderate it, and i just said you're no longer welcome inside of our community and i was doing it with love and i just said i'm sorry we have been upfront with this we have communicated with this the best of our ability like if you're not getting your emails that's something we can work on but like just to be flat out rude i was just like i'm tired of this i don't have enough not even rude. energy they were like vicious it was like yeah it was like i mean <laughs> The definition of vicious can go really, you know, but yes, it was just inappropriate. And I just said, this is unacceptable and inappropriate for the way that we show up into our community as our customers. And yes, we are un, we are not happy with how the planner delivery has turned out. It took way longer than what we expected, but we are trying to do the best that we can. And so I, I'm just like, you're not welcome here. You know, he refunded that. I refunded their their money and I removed them from our system. And I showed up at their house and knocked on their door. And no, I'm just kidding. So it's like it, it's to deliver a message as well with kindness, as much as with compassion and love. Like I'm in my body while I was writing that email. I switched it from being like I want to reach through the computer and be like, ah! it was okay you might be having a hard day da, 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 in my head. And I just like, I'm going to answer this thing with love. And I'm just going to be like, and if they write back to be like, I am so sorry. Like it's a conversation we can take place, but I didn't hear back but from But still them. setting a firm boundary. So you were setting a boundary. So you were saying, you were understanding that they might be having a hard day. They might be going, th- going through something really rough. And you also said, it is unacceptable to talk to us right. that way in this space. Here's a refund. You're no longer welcome to spend money in our business. Yep. Essentially, we do not want your money. And so I did the same on social to say, you are welcome to disagree with me. You are welcome to ask questions. However, if you use any shaming language or attacking language or violent language, you are no longer welcome here. And I do absolutely reserve the right to block that. And I made that very clear from the beginning. And I think I've blocked one person. Honestly, to be honest, I don't even have the energy. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> if they were coming back and back mm-hmm. and being a crazy troll, I would have. But so I, I want to say like we can be loving and kind and firm while also we can be loving and kind while also setting clear boundaries. So it can be both at the same time. Good, that's and correct. boundaries to me, strong boundaries are love. That's actually how you heal the planet. Mm-hmm. because it's like you watch the these democratic debates and then you watch like Trump do Trump things. And like, that's not healing the planet. 
like what these the fighting the, is not healing. Fighting and the, the, what they're doing is not solving a problem. No, but leaning in and saying like, "Hey, we disagree. You want to talk about it?" Yes, is really awesome. And I'm practicing a lot of surrender in terms of like my job is to share the resources and the research that I've done and speak out about something that's unpopular and put myself at risk for that because I believe in it so strongly. My job is not to convince anybody or to get anybody to believe what I believe. And that feels really good. And anytime I get whipped up into a froth, which I do, I really come back to that truth. So I do a little shaking, a little whatever I need to do for my nervous well, I system. I guess describe to people what the shaking thing it's is. It's literally just like, taking my body. Because they could be like all... It was funny. We had a woman who I'm working with say, I can't wait to learn the shaking. And I was like, no, you don't have to learn the shaking. Like you stand up and then you shake. <laughs> like, and explain And so why. I mean like shaking. Okay, so in the wild... Let's say you're an antelope and you are being chased by a lion and you outrun the lion. The lion doesn't get you. In the wild, that antelope will stand and shake. And what that it's involuntary. And the, that antelope does not go to therapy for 20 years to talk about it. They don't need to call 25 of their girlfriends to talk about what happened. Or they don't need to post on Facebook. They shake. And then they move on with their day. And the shaking is our physiological response to actually release the stress hormones. So it's it releases the adrenaline. I don't know if you remember after I gave birth to both of our girls, I shook. Yeah, you did. Yep, I remember. For a long time. Mm-hmm. And my body just shook and I couldn't stop it. And when you've been sick sometimes also. Oh, that yeah, was after the girl. That was more after. When I'm sick, I, I shake sometimes bed. because yeah. I have a fever. That's yeah. a little different. But both births, I shook. And that was my body releasing trauma. So I do that. I've been doing that regularly around this and other stuff to just make sure that I'm not responding from a place of trauma, but in fact, I'm responding from a place of heart and groundedness. So anyway, this was, we went a lot of places today. Thank you so much for listening. My main message for you is this. Do your own research, check in with your inner guidance system. And if there is something you are afraid to say because other people will judge you or not like you or because the zeitgeist is that questioning something that everyone else seems to have agreed to that in your body you think is wrong, if it's not okay for us to question things with other human beings, what are we doing here? Like that's a terrifying reality. So if there's something you are afraid to speak up about, I'm not saying you have to talk about it on Instagram, but maybe tell one person and see what happens. And then maybe talk to another person because the third kind of message that I've gotten other than where do I start my research? This is so overwhelming. And oh my God, I'm so disappointed in you. And oh, my child had a vaccine injury is thank you so much for speaking up about this. I feel so lonely. And I thought I was the only one. And that to me is really sad to live in a culture where we've been so silenced by fear and shaming tactics. So if there's something you believe in that you want to, that feels wrong to you, that is happening, that you see, whether it's racism, sexism, xenophobia, taking away of medical freedom, bullying, like if there is, if you see something, say something, even if it's not public, and then get your central nervous system healing tools on board so that you can continue to be a strong voice and not reenact your trauma all over the internet. That's what I have to say. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.
If you believe in body autonomy and protecting our right to make choices about what goes into our body, what happens with our bodies, then we made a t-shirt to support and fund all projects having to do with body autonomy. It says, I'm not here to please you, inspired by what has been going on in this past couple of weeks with coming out about body autonomy. So you can head over to katenorthrop.com forward slash t-shirt and get yourself an I'm not here to please you shirt to remind yourself that your job is to live your own truth not to make other people happy. And all proceeds will go towards protecting and advancing body autonomy. KateNorthup.com forward slash t-shirt. 